What's going on, Captain? Contact Starfleet. We're being attacked by an enemy. Ensign Uhura. You're supposed to be on medical leave, are you not? Coming up, Ensign Uhura begins experiencing a series of terrifying hallucinations that make her question her sanity. But are the ringing in her ears and frightening visions the result of a mental breakdown or by sinister outside forces? Listen, the things you've been seeing, I've been seeing them too. It wasn't real. How does Uhura get a grip on reality before the Enterprise is placed in jeopardy? Emergency transport, beam us out now. Wait! And how does the appearance of James T. Kirk alter the chain of events? We'll talk about all this and more coming up on the Strange New Worlds edition of Energize. 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 We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast, your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week, Uhura comes to terms with long-held fears as she loses her grip on reality. While Spock and Chapel, James Kirk and La'an, and Una and Chief Engineer Lieutenant Pelia confront issues of their own. Here's a Warp Speed recap of Season 2, Episode 6 of Strange New Worlds, Lost in Translation. Enterprise has been sent to Bannon's Nebula on the edge of explored space. Sorry to interrupt, Captain. I'm receiving a signal. On speakers? Anytime, Anson. It's gone. Based on what you heard and saw, and the elevated readings from your visual cortex, I'd say it's pretty clear you were hallucinating. You have a mild case of deuterium poisoning. There's a theory that extra-dimensional life forms could actually poke into our space and attach themselves to atoms from our dimension. Invisible aliens are using your brain as a universal translator. Captain, you have to shut down the station. It's a matter of life or death. Okay, well, Steve, this particular episode had a mix of things. It was an Ahura-centric episode, but they put buttons everywhere else on a, on, on a lot of different stories. So I, I, I thought it was a, a kind of a cool mix of things. Interesting. It, was, it felt to me very much like a mid-season uh, episode, and this is episode six. That's almost mid-season in a way. Um, but yeah, a panoply, if you will. Of exciting stuff. And and I'm glad they focused uh, largely on Uhura. Uh, we haven't seen uh, much of her story um, this season. Yeah. So, uh, and the great thing about this show, and I think we pointed it out before, is that everyone gets their time. Yeah. 
in this yep. show. And I, I think that's really, really cool. It isn't just like in the original series, it's, it's the three main characters and that's it. Yeah. It's always the three. Yeah. They, you know, they focus on uh, a lot more players. And I think that makes for a more fulfilling and complete story. And it, and it works too, because I think it also creates uh, a really nice camaraderie between the cast, not the characters, but the cast themselves. And I think that makes them friends. We saw that in Next Generation, and that's why they stayed friends for so long. Um Absolutely, you have you have absolutely. the original series where you know everyone hates Kirk except for the two guys that he worked with all the time. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So like, you know, you, it what happens behind the scenes bleeds over yeah. into um, what happens on set, and I think it's it, you can see that it's a it's a it's a good vibe. Yeah, I agree. All around. Communications officers log: Enterprise has been sent to Bannon's Nebula on the edge of exploring space. So we start with the Hoor's Lock. You know, the Enterprise has been dispatched to a nebula on the edge of explored space. And it's they, this nebula is full of deuterium, which fuels starships. So the, there have been a string of technical issues online in this Federation refinery, um, which is months behind schedule. So we also find out that this refinery is also a, is strategic um, as it is near Gorn space. Yeah, and and I thought that was almost a throwaway when they said it, um, because I'm thinking like, well, are we going to see Gorn? Is, is something going to happen? Are they going to show up in some way? And I'm going to say at the outset of this podcast today, I think that they were a part of this episode, but I can't say how until the end. Yeah, well, I, I honestly think that... Um... You know, something is is brewing. I mean, I was hoping that yeah. the Gorn would make their appearance. I'm ready for a really good, really good fight. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. I'm, really, really, I'm yeah. ready for it. Um, but they've been, you know, teasing this since episode one when um, Spock yeah. took the ship and they said, you know, we need Spock because of what's to come. And so yeah. we know where this is going to end. The Gorn will make an appearance before the season is over. Now, the question is yeah. how... In what capacity and how devastating will it be for the crew of the Enterprise? I hear congratulations are in order, fleet captain. Stop it. So at the outset, we find out that Pike has temporarily been promoted to fleet captain as he is mm -hmm. now over the refinery onlining and the USS Fairgot that is assisting in uh, assisting in this. And and so I'm just like, okay, Farragut. Um, Farragut. Kirk. Yeah, sounds yeah. like Kirk. Kirk's coming. Yeah. So at that point, I'm just wondering how how is Kirk going to come into this? You know, I, I was too, and, and my first thought was, wait a second, are we going to be seeing Kirk a lot? I know this is called Strange New Worlds, and so it could be anybody and anything, but I started to think, like, God, I really loved Episode 3 um, when La'an and Kirk got together. And by the way, I forgot to mention this. Here we are. It's an alternate reality. Yes. But basically, Kirk and La'an are getting together and he ends up being the one that fights and kills Khan in the future. Uh, Khan, Nuni and Singh. And that's her great, great grandfather. And I, yeah. I never put the, that connection together. Like, wait a second. Why are yeah, they getting together? Yeah. yeah. You know, I like it. It's really layered and, and it's yeah. kind of a, a mind screw because we're talking about the alt reality, but we're also talking about the prime timeline. And then in the prime timeline, Kirk does kill her great great grandfather. So yeah. weird. 
And here he is again. And, you know, you know, they're going to at least see each other on the Enterprise. Yes, I'm waiting for that moment at this point. But we find out that Kirk has been recently promoted to first officer above the yeah. uh, aboard the Farragut, and yeah. you know, you know, I it, it, it's no shock. I mean, he he moves up through the ranks really fast because of his tenacity and his creativity yeah. and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I another thing that I liked was that at some point later, you know, when Kirk does come aboard, he. Um, has you know he sees his brother and it it opened up you know some really good story points between the two brothers and and it actually made sense so what's new and exciting in the world of xenoanthropology why don't we skip to your news wow sensing some hostility there sam not at all i I wasn't comfortable with it at first because i'm not a huge sam kirk fan um, I hate the mustache. I always will. I can't stand mustaches. Sorry, everybody. I just don't think mustaches on men look good. Uh, I'm a child of the 70s when it was supposed to be cool, but then in the 80s, it's like, nope, you're creepy. Um, so I kind of stuck there. Uh, but yeah, I was like, as a lot of exposition and there's the tension and the jealousy, which I get. I have a brother. Uh, you have a brother. Uh, yep. We know We know brotherly dynamics. But it felt the writing in this one felt a little on the nose. I like writing when it's what they're not saying that we're interpreting. Uh, and they were kind of on the nose about it. They're just like, you know, dad liked you better or whatever it was. And I just felt it was just a little too easy of a layup. I, I thought it was a little weak in the writing department. I can I can understand that. But I do like the fact that they explored the rivalry between the two because Sam is in science and Kirk, you know, is following in his dad's footsteps, which is more of a action, you know, swashbuckling leadership, leadership, you know, role. And um, and I think that Sam is insecure about that. Without a doubt. And, And I get it. And I think that we can see that in a different way. If I were to have been given that episode to write i would have had sam talk down to kirk to jim uh, you know as a scientist um and and then you would see you know uh, th- that dynamic like he thinks he's smarter and you know you just interpret it that they've got issues or whatever anyway that's what i would have done sorry to interrupt captain i'm receiving a signal on speakers anytime Anson. it's Gone. So, you know, Ahura's on the bridge and she's noticeably exhausted and distracted and Ahura suddenly receives a signal in her inner ear, this piercing signal. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to play it back, it's nowhere to be found. So no one else yeah. heard it. And and that makes Ahura immediately investigated and she goes into the nacelles to recalibrate the communication array utilizing a video from the late Hammer that gave her instructions yeah. on how to do so. First, disable the subspace antenna. Check for a charge on the EPS manifold before disconnecting this tab. Perfect. I I love this scene on so many levels and for so many reasons. The first is, it's almost it, it never happens that you see anybody in a nacelle. Um. As a side note, when I was writing spec scripts for Star Trek, I wrote a series, a scene of Voyager, 
where they had to go into the nacelle itself to collect deuterium. The Bussard collectors, those red glowy things in the front of the nacelles, yes. when they opened up and started collecting deuterium also, I just was, I fell in love with that. I loved what they did there. It was incredible. And you could see all the way down the nacelle to the end to those blue lights. So I love that whole, visually I just thought it was stunning and so great to see. But I also, I had missed Hammer and I loved seeing him on that pad and it was really great. Yeah, and you know, Uhura and Hammer had a special relationship because as we know yeah. last season, Uhura was kind of lost. She just kind of joined Starfleet because a relative you know, was in Starfleet. She had lost her parents and she was just kind of lost because she didn't know her purpose of what yeah. she wanted to do. And I remember yeah. she had offended a lot of people in the room when she said that, you know, basically she just did it. <laughs> Whereas yeah. everybody else wanted stepping it. Stone. The stepping stone kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but Himmer talked to her, talked to her about finding her purpose and not shutting people out as she had done previously. And that was one of the, you know, the final things he said when, when um, he died. And so um, yeah. you can see that that still resonates with her. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I said, last season, losing him in that beautiful scene when he fell to his death and, and I, you know, it was so emotional to see him again. I, I really felt that again. Right. Um, but, you know, she sees him again. <laughs> and in this time, it's kind of freaky because she goes into the turbo lift and there he is, and and he looks a little bit like uh, he's been you walking know, dead, uh, decaying for the last year. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a scene straight out of Walking Dead, and so yeah. that was one of many hallucinations that she had throughout the the show. She sees Hemmer, yeah. which was scary. Uh, later yeah. on, she saw dead crew members in the corridors, and and. You know, and then she gets into, you know, while in this hallucination, gets gets into a fight with someone who looks yeah. like her. <laughs> and it's actually yeah, James right. Kirk who she decks in the face. Yeah. And and so here's what I'm starting to think at this point. Is this a Gorn trick? Because remember, they mentioned the Gorn. I kept thinking, is this the Gorn? Is this the Gorn? Are they playing with her mind in some way or another and getting the crew to turn on each other? That's what I thought this episode was going to be because they're in Gorn space. The Gorn is somehow secretly putting hallucinogens in the deuterium to, you know, I don't know. So that's what I was thinking. No, I think you actually have a good point because didn't uh, when it was the episode where they went down to the planet and there was blood everywhere. And then they uh, the the people that some people had escaped and the girl talked about the there was something ringing or some sort. Mm hmm. And that's all they could remember, remember yeah. something. And they thought, oh, maybe it was some kind of plasma charges or whatever went off in the atmosphere. But yeah, no, I think you have a good point. I was wondering if this was leading to something more sinister. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we, she's having these, you know, these different hallucinations, which also included, you know, the bridge crew being sucked out and vented into <laughs> space. So I was just like, oh my gosh. You know, you're yeah. you're wondering whether or not she actually really does have issues. Yeah, and it, is is this a foreshadowing? What's happening here? Um, again, I, I think I, I'm glad they gave her this uh, episode because I wanted to see more of her anyway, and 
I think she handled it really well. I, I, I liked this part of the story and part of the script. Central refining and storage systems all seem to be in good shape. Have you looked at the maintenance logs? Because you get the feeling that this place has been breaking down a lot faster than the crew is able to fix. So we come to find out that uh, aboard the refinery, and that's where Una and uh, Chief Engineer Lieutenant Pelia uh, are tasked to to assist with the onlining. We find out from the maintenance logs, you know, uh, that uh, there have been breakdowns, and these breakdowns are are just outpacing what the crews have been able to keep up with, which is suspicious to Pelia. But Luna kind of dis- dismisses her findings and dismisses her. Hey, I don't know. What exactly is your problem with me? I don't have a problem with you. I have a problem with the situation. That is malarkey and you know it i i and i'm like what's going on here i i mean i was i wasn't sure at first why yeah because una doesn't seem like a disagreeable person but no i mean look even i get frustrated sometimes with carol kane's speech and the way she talks really slow with the accent uh and i start to you know um uh understand if una's getting frustrated too obviously that's not why she's upset with her but there's something going on. I'm like, yeah, she has got, she's kind of annoying me too. Yeah. And uh, Pelly is still growing on me. I'm not quite there yet with her. Um, yeah, me either. Yeah. It, I guess it's the accent that's throwing me off. It seems a little unnecessary. Yeah. All, all due respect to Carol Kane, this could be a Pulaski situation. Remember, Dr. Pulaski came in in the second season of yes. uh, TNG. Yes. They got rid of her real quick. Yeah, the fans it just didn't were like, work. No. Yeah. No. Keep the father-son situation with Wesley and Beverly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I something. So she needs to reveal something that makes her a little more, I don't know, edgier than comic relief. She's definitely edgy because she doesn't give a damn about rules, regulations, or anything like that. But yeah, it's it's like she's always high, you know. Um, yeah. If that's the way she's going to do it, it's the way she's going to do it. We either have to get used to it or, you know, she leaves. It's one or the yeah, other. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think you've gotten too used to being the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. Oh, sure you do. So later on, Una celebrates, you know, getting the refinery online, but just as quickly as she does that, it goes back offline. And so, you know, Palea has gone through and done her own investigation, despite what Una told her to do, which is basically stay on task. And she confirmed that that there is sabotage going on. Yeah, and this reminded me um, of, I don't know, you, you were a fan of Battlestar Galactica um, in the in the early, early, early episodes when they came across a really scared who thought they thought was human was trapped on a space station. It turned out he was a Cylon. I thought that oh, was yeah. the same. I thought this guy, Oh, he's, he's a, he's a double agent or something too. I just did not trust him at all. And he oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, he was he a creeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they come across this guy and, you know, he appears to be having the same hallucinations and that who is having. So I'm like, okay, so what is the connection? What are the parallels? And, you know, what's happening to him, because he seems far more far gone, is this going to happen to Ahura? Yeah. And and again, this is like, is this a virus? Is this a thing? Because we've seen plenty of Star Trek episodes where one person gets it, then it spreads, and then they got to figure out. Um, and I don't feel like, and I think this is the mistake that 
a lot of the series made in the 80s uh, and Voyager did was they start turning into lizards or whatever. I think <laughs> Strange New Worlds is smartly avoiding that Michigan. Yes. And just being like, let's just ground this a little bit more in reality. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking whatever this is, it's part of the deuterium or something. And, yeah, this is where Uhura's headed. It's scary. Yeah, very much so. And I wanted to kind of stay with Una and Paleo because later on, you know, Paleo wants to know why Una has a problem with her. And, <laughs> you know, Una unloads, basically. Yeah, and she's like, you were my professor. <laughs> yeah, yep, totally. I just, that was such a... That was such a trip. And, yeah. you know, she's pissed at her, yeah. you know, for the for the low grade. But it isn't really about that. No, and, it's you know, not. Una, you know, tells Paleo that she's sloppy. She's yeah. loose with discipline and on protocols and doesn't want to follow orders and basically called her a space hippie. Which I love because that is basically who she is. And that tracks so well with Una's character who, you know, risked everything to be in Starfleet and is so proud of being an officer. So it, it was in this exchange that I felt... A, a, a real um, adherence to that character, that, that Una's character really was being who she is. And it, I liked it a lot. And she's so much taller than Pelia. It's so funny. There is a matter I've been meaning to discuss. Starfleet is built on a command hierarchy. As such, there are protocols. You want to tell Starfleet about us? If there is anything to tell. During the midst of all this investigation, trying to find out, find out what's um, happening with uh, Ahura, we do take a moment to, you know, spend time with Nurse Chapel and Spock. And uh, yeah. they're they're in there playing uh, in the break room or in the the galley playing, yeah. um, you know, 3D chess. Right. And, and, and Spock pulls the school marm HR discussion. We, we, need, <laughs> yeah. we, we need to go tell everyone of our relationship. And the thing I love about Chapel's reaction is she's like, do we? <laughs> yeah, no, it's really smart. I mean, on her part, I mean, I get it from a rule book standpoint because he is her superior, but at the same time, I get where she's coming from because the moment you announce it now, you've stated it before you've even figured out what it really is. Right. In the exactly. first place, which is yeah. crippling. Yeah. I mean, he's, he even said, I have feelings for somebody else last week. Yep. Uh, I I believe they went to Pound Town, did they not? I mean, uh, yes, they did. They slept together. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I, very very clear that they did that. Yeah, that's fun. I think if you're going to go that far and you know, there's been so much angst and so much all the stuff they've shared, I think it's a relationship. I I don't think it's as complicated as they're making it. They Maybe just don't realize not, but that. I don't think it's formal yet. I think it's until it's defined yeah. as officially a relationship instead of casual, you know, let's feel it out, then I don't think you yeah. need to say anything. I'm, I'm with um, Nurse Chapel. You're on Team Chapel on this one? Team Chapel. I also am on Team Chapel. Yeah. I've had deuterium poisoning, and I've gone days without sleep, but I have never punched an officer because of either one. There's something else going on here. And if you let me, I can help you figure out what. So... Kirk decides to help Uhura, and this is after she that after she decks him, and this is after <laughs> she dissed him right. in the bar, right? Which was a la uh, two thousand nine Star Trek at the bar. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm glad that you mentioned that because uh, you know the the Abr Abr Abrams verse Kelvin timeline is not 
it's almost not canon in a way because it is so alternate. Uh, but it's on film and so it's considered canon. But, you know, uh, every time I see Spock and Uhura near each other, I think, oh, you know. In the, yeah, well, you, uh, you never know. You never know what they may take from that. But they have to be really yeah. careful because now we're playing with the prime timeline, which means that it's truly canon. Right. So, yeah. So they, I, I think they're playing. They're going to be careful with what they do because, you know, nobody wants a, a reckless Star Trek. So, yes. And he, to, and he yeah. And if Strange New Worlds ends up becoming the original series, which it very well could, um, they're going to have to be really careful about yeah. what they do, what stories they tell, all of that. Because that's going to exactly. be a sticky wicket. Exactly, exactly. But Kirk decides to help Ahura and yeah. takes her medical records to the doctor aboard Farragut. And it turns out that the guy that Una came, Una came across was having similar hallucinations just yeah. like Ahura. So they're following a, a similar path. And so I'm just trying to figure it out, what, you know, what the deal is. You know, because there was sounds that they were hearing... I, I think I'm starting to I'm, I'm thinking at this point, OK, it's not a it's not a virus. It, 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 something's happening. Something's being sent a signal, a, a communication of some kind. Something's happening. I don't know why it affected him. But the originally the original reason I thought it affected her was because she is one, a communications officer. And two, if you follow the um, Kelvin explanation of Uhura, she's multiple dialects and xenolinguistics and all of that, which I think Uhura was anyway. And she has an advanced ear. And so I thought maybe that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought maybe, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe some somebody's trying to speak to her because, like yeah. I said, because of those reasons, same thing yeah. with the other guy. We need to know what you saw, Lieutenant. It's the only way we can help you. You might not understand us. There's significant damage to the speech and language centers of his brain. So in sickbay, the, the officer's being examined. He hears the noise again. He attacks yep. Binga and runs, right. runs out of sickbay with Pike in pursuit. So I'm like, yeah, some action. Finally, right? People are yeah. running. Yep. Uh, La'an jumps in, right? And uh, But then Kirk and Uhura go in a different direction. What's going on there? Well, Uhura heard the, you had another hallucination. And so she just basically said, you know what? I, I'm I'm basically going to cripple your efforts. I'm going to go back to my quarters. Right. And she confines herself. Right. Well, that she decides that she will. She's going yeah. to make it there because other yeah. things happen. <laughs> James. You two know each other? No, it's not the time to explain, Captain. If you haven't seen Ramon, then... He must have found a hole to hide in. We should double back. <laughs> Kirk and Lon inevitably come across each other. And I just really thought this was a weird moment. I was just like, okay, I'm ready to see how this is going to play out because it is a mind screw because think about it. As we're trying to think about what happened in the alt timeline versus yeah. the real timeline, you're trying to figure out where you are in time and space. And I think that Lon is too. Yeah. And she was told in episode three at the end by the time cop, hey, listen, you tell no one about this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. John Claude Van Damme just jumped yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Where anyone. Yes. Um, yeah, no, she, she, she's not allowed to tell anybody. But, you know, this iteration of Kirk um, is not flirty like uh, previous James T. Kirk's. He's not, you know, walking, you know, 
hips first into other women. You know what I mean? He's 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 more chill in a way, right? He's not a coxman, um, and 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 yet he he's picking up what she's putting down. She's now this is acting, right? Like this is the opposite of what we were seeing with between Kirk and Sam, where they're talking it out. In this case, it's what they're not saying that's really working. Which she's not allowed to say. You can feel the tension going on between the two of them, and and he picks up on it. and He knows it. And he's like, "You owe me that drink." Yeah, he remembers. Yep. yep. So I don't think we've seen the last of the two of them. So something's going to come out. Something's going to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Who are the all teams? I may have found Lieutenant Ramon in the access tunnel to the port nacelle. I'm not far. Wait for me. So on the way back to her quarters, Uhura comes, you know, ha- uh, comes across a hallucinating. Uh, Ramon, because that's that's his name, the officer, yeah. and yeah. Uh, tries to appeal to him, and he's sitting there ab- about to do something pretty catastrophic. Listen, the things you've been seeing, I've been seeing them too. I understand, but whatever it is you saw that made you come here, it wasn't real. Yeah, so he's frantically going through this sequence, and she's just trying to be like, "Please don't do this. It's gonna, it's gonna." Uh, you know, blow up, if not the nacelle, blow up the entire ship. And, you know, he's just about to to um, achieve his goal. And, and they get into Deus, a fight. Yeah, they get into a fight. And deus ex machina, as it looks like he's going to win, Kirk arrives and uh, grabs her and says, you know, bridge, emergency beam out, which, by the way, happened immediately. Like, is someone just standing by with a button? I mean, that happened super fast. But they, I know, they, I know. They beamed that, out. Is there, like, is there guys yeah. just hanging out right there? Yeah, you yeah. Know, so, and it's I my whole job is just sit with my finger on the button when someone asks for it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, off they go, and then wow, the the explosion happens, sucks him out. But it was, you know, you could see it from outside the nacelle. Uh, incredible! Wow, just really, really sad. Yep. Yeah, really sad because this guy, because clearly he was, you know, something was going on with him mentally. But I did yeah. enjoy uh, Horror, you know, getting in a few punches. It's the first time I've seen a fight. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she I mean, great. outside of the original series when uh, they all had the choke collars, I bet three quattros, you know, that whole thing. <laughs> we now find out that this isn't the first time Uhura's had hallucinations. And it happened before when her parents died in the shuttle crash. I think her brother died with them too in that shuttle crash. Uh, what's this all about? Now I'm like, wait a second. So what's what's happening now? Yeah, I, mean, I was just trying to connect, you know, what was going on. I mean, <laughs> this, how does this all tie in together? Right. Um, it, it, starts to, it starts to bring in the Kobayashi Maru you've never faced death conversation which is a big conversation that happens a lot in star trek and i like it it's real you're out in the vacuum of space facing enemies death is all around all around you and she's never really been able to face it Uh, even as a starfleet officer maybe that's why when she you know showed up in you know for the first season and pissed everyone off by saying ah you know I just did this because I could. It's like, yeah, you're not taking this seriously. We're all here, you know, risking our lives. Risk is our business, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it all links back to, like you said, things that have happened in the previous season, and yeah. she's never faced up. So in a Kirk way, she hasn't. And, yeah. you, you know, when you join Starfleet, I mean, that's part of the job. It's like joining yep. the military. You know, that's 
always a possibility. And if you haven't come to terms with that, you can't really, you, you shouldn't be there. And even it's Kirk is the one, you know, uh, it's Kirk's the one that tells her, listen, you, you gotta, you gotta face it. And, and it, it's, it's winning her over, you know, and it, by avoiding memories of her family and friends, you know, exactly. death is winning right now. And I love yep. that he says that because he's the Kobayashi Maru guy. Yep, exactly. He was the perfect person to, you know, to deliver that to her. And so that, you know, triggers her to think back to something that was in the, the, the yeah. video, the instructional yeah. video, the hammerhead uh, regarding not burning out the receiver. Yeah. And, um, who hypothesizes that someone's trying to communicate with her and, right. and tried to communicate with Ramon and, um, you know, who goes to Sam. So here we get Sam's moment. <laughs> There's a theory. It's a little bit fringe, but hear me out. That extra dimensional life forms could actually poke into our space and attach themselves to atoms from our dimension. Yes. And, and again, in, this did bookend the conversation from the beginning, but I don't feel, well, maybe it did work because I know Jim was proud of him. I think it, it did actually did work. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, but it, but it, I mean, they they like I said, they bookended it. So they, yeah. they theorize that the life forms in the nebula were trying to communicate, and the mining of deuterium is hurting them. And this so, is a, um, this is a great story. I, I wish that they didn't figure it out so late. But it makes sense that they did. They needed to, you know, have a mystery. It reminded me of an episode of TNG when it turned out that traveling at high warp was hurting people in space. And so they were limited to warp five till they could figure it out. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. So that I like that. I, I thought it was a really uh, a great idea. Um, so what do they do? They got to deactivate the station. They got to, they got to stop doing what they're doing right away. Who to Captain Pike? Sir, we need to stop the fuel refinery from being activated. I'm not sure what's going on, Ensign, but it's too late. Captain, you have to shut down the station. It's a matter of life or death. Yeah. And, uh, who appeals to Pike to shut it down? And I, you know, I was, I was a little questioning how easy that came. Well, look, I've said this since episode one of season one. <clears throat> Pike's ship is a loose ship. He He's a guy who's a chef. He's in, his, he's in his cabin with the fire. He's making dinners. He's chill. He allows anyone on the bridge to you know make fun of him like Una did. Uh, it's an extremely relaxed atmosphere. Uh, and I saw an interview with Anson Mount who said, I didn't want to just recreate what Jeffrey Hunter did or... Uh, Bruce, I can't remember his last name. In, Bruce Greenwood. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, thank you. He goes, I wanted to introduce a new captain. I wanted people to see a different kind. Of, we've seen Kirk, we've seen Spock, uh, we've seen you know all the captains. He goes, I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted people to see a different captain, and that's what we're seeing here. He's just a loose captain, and yeah, she kind of stood, and he's like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Shut it down," you know, like she's suddenly the captain. Yeah, and yeah. She orders who uh, orders. Yeah, fire! <laughs> the, the torpedoes be fired, and I was just like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that took care of that. And so later on, you know, Hur and Pelia meet back up again, and we find out that Pelia was Hemmer's professor at the academy. Yeah, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, he was my best student. Actually, I'm kidding. He was average. 
which I thought was very funny. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. I, I'll give it to her. Like I said before, maybe, you know, maybe her jokes, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe she should make give it the levity it needs. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. I, yeah. You know, she'll get an episode at some point, maybe next season. Um, but yeah. I, this, you know, this episode was full of Hemmer. And I love that he came back for they They told us in the off season that he would appear. Obviously, it's in flashback. Um, but he's just uh, I love that character. I miss him. I, I can't believe I miss him. He was just there for one season, but I just thought he was great. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they wrap up a couple of bows. So Sam, yep. Sam, uh, Sam Kirk and James Kirk are sitting there and, yep. you know, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Um you know, Sam acknowledges acknowledges James for what he did, but James yeah. does it to Sam. I've been wanting to say, the Farragut is lucky to have you, Jim. I'm proud of you, honestly. Thanks, Sam. And that was that was good because uh, that's that's how brothers are too, right? That's how how it can be. They're staying true to their characters. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was actually pretty funny. And then, alas. Kirk meets Spock for the first time. Yeah, and, and that was magic on so many levels. Um, and what that tells me, and I'm sure it told you this too, is Kirk is here to stay now on this series. I think they 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 floated him out as a test balloon last season. They gave him an episode this season, which was fantastic. And I I, I don't I, one of the problems I've had this season is we almost never see Pike. He's only been featured in two episodes. Mostly he's been a background player. Uh, I, I don't think the actor Anson Mount cares too much. He loves what he's doing. But I, I still think this is Pike's show. And I think I feel like they're kind of making it Kirk's show. Or they're going to start wedging him in more. And I just don't, I'm not ready for that. I still want it to be a Pike series. What are your thoughts? No, I actually 100% agree with that. I mean, this is Pike is the captain of the Enterprise. It's his voice that starts this thing off. And so... yeah. Uh, let's see more Pike, but I think I think there's more to come. I think these they always somehow manage to, you know, with the last four episodes to go go strong. So um, you know, I think something's going to happen. I mean, like last season, um, you know, Pike went out strong. I mean, good grief, yeah. episode ten was like the God, best episode incredible. of the entire season last year, and yeah. I, I can't I can't imagine that they would go out with a dud. Yeah, I think they they realize they realize how important all of this is. Well, this was a good week. Uh, this episode was full of a lot of cool people. Well, a lot of people featured. It was a great story. Uh, the Gorn ended, did not show up, uh, but I still think they were behind the message. We don't know who that species was. Maybe it was a trick. So I, I, I'm putting money down on it that we're not done with that story either. Uh, I will entertain you on that theory. There's got to be yeah. more to it than just some There's aliens. More to it. It's, it's too strategic. I mean, the, the refinery was too, too strategic on the edge of Gorn space. Yeah. So I'm going to say that something else is on the horizon. Yeah, I think, I think Uhura was bamboozled, and we're going to find that out. Uh, and if they do do that... That's great storytelling because they're setting us up for something else, which I think would be incredible. Yeah, that would uh, be cool. That would be so cool. So how about your favorite one this week? Would you have a moment? 
You know what? I, th I think the moment that I liked the most was Una and Pelia going at it. I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was good. I, I, uh, I, I, I struggle with Pelia, but I, she'll she'll be an acquired taste. Um, I, I had a lot of favorite moments, but I think just seeing Hemmer in general and having him there uh, for the episode was nice. It was just nice to to have him there. So. That was my favorite well, part. All righty, Steve. Well, I look forward to seeing what episode seven brings us. I don't have a, a crystal ball or a tip of the hat to know what the heck is coming, but we do know that that the... I know. Yeah, we, we, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen even no, a, a teaser. So, yeah. Yes. And uh, we do know, to know that the yeah. Strange New Worlds Lord Dex crossover is hanging out there. And we know that the Gorn will have to make a big badass appearance before the season's over. So... You know, there are only four episodes left, so I, I think we're about to get slapped. Maybe Boimler will be killed by the Gorn. What? <laughs> no, that would be a trip. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of Energize, a Strange New Worlds podcast. Hey, if you want to check out what we're doing online, go to www.energizepodcasts with an S. Dot com And just a quick tease for you, uh, when this season is over with Strange New Worlds, Anthony and I have a special uh, one-off episode we're going to do, and we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Prosper.